Welcome to a little juju podcast, the podcast all about black ass spirituality, honoring the ancestors, honoring ourselves by honoring our gifts and freedom, liberation, power, harvesting all of that energy with our spiritual practices. I'm sorry, there's a dog barking and it's just like, I can't y'all like, I be trying so hard to just record and for it to be quiet. And this is what happens when you don't have a studio, when you don't have the bread to go somewhere quiet to be able to do this kind of thing. You just record in your house and there's always a dog and there's there's police cars and there's people laughing and there's people having sex next door. It's just like, I, I'm sorry. I just get really frustrated because I really want to put on a good show. I try to put on a good show for y'all every week and it's always a a radiator or an animal or like I just can't wait until I can I'm sorry I didn't mean to start the show off like that I'm just frustrated <laughs> let's drop this freaking intro all you need is a little juju all you need is a little juju all you need is a little juju all you need is all you need. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju, a little juju, a little juju. A little juju is the way. It's how I start my day. Camfer no say. Camfer no say. And I'll never, never give play. play. I'll take your photos to the grave. But that ain't even my thing I just stay at the crossroads, pray I just pour a little honey from a bay To make them stay Cause I hate when Baileys But I manifest a little with my Baileys I'm my ancestors, baby So I give them everything that they gave me Yeah. Oh, okay, <laughs> let's try this again Welcome to a little juju podcast. Positive vibes only. Yeah. Okay. Um, whoo, baby. This week is the energy of this week for me is how I started off the podcast. A lot of irritation. A lot of being deeply bothered by people. The end of Mer- Mercury has the retrograde is over. Mercury retrograde is over. I was cool at the beginning, towards the end. I got so irritated. Communication has been really hard for me. I'm just really bothered by people. I'm just feeling very, I'm just not feeling, I haven't been feeling my best. And I think it's honestly because of all of the um, work that I've been doing to better myself, all of the, the, the deep soul searching that I've been doing, digging through trauma and all of that, that has been happening this past week. So it's been bringing up a lot of stuff for me. Um, and what we call shadow work. It's funny because people will reach out to me and be like, can you talk a little about sh- a bit about shadow work and what is shadow work? And I really didn't know what shadow work is. I see a lot of witches and spiritualists sort of talk about doing it, but I was never clear on what it was. If there was like a set way on how to do it, was, a, was it a specific type of magic? I was, I didn't know what that was. But then I realized I actually made a post 
about, you know, how I show up and all the ways that I don't like myself and all the ways that I have been manipulative and all the ways that I've been a hypocrite. And people were like, yes, yes, for the shadow work. And I'm like, oh, this is shadow work. So I, I guess it's sort of just understanding your other self, not the self that you portray or that you like, but what are the, what are your inner demons? What is, what are the shadows? What are the things that you try to bury and hide that often stem from our traumas? So I've been doing a lot of that work. My therapist sort of sparked that in me, um, this past week and, and, and talking about some relationships that I'm in and how a lot of them mirror relationships with people in my life who abused me and, and just having history as an abuse survivor, how that informs how I, you know, engage in romantic relationships or any type of relationship with people. So it's been extremely transformative. It has been just a lot of thinking, processing, writing, crying. Oh my God, a lot, a lot, a lot. And then on top of that, just some personal stuff coming up that, oh, I can't even and wouldn't even talk about on the show, but just know it's just a lot, a lot. So I've been, I've been, and and then on top of that, also trying to like show up for my clients and do good readings and like coach people through their own shit. while you just have so much of your personal shit on your back. You have so many things that you're thinking about. You have so much trauma that's been coming up that it's hard to address. So it's like, oh my God how am I going to do all of this and be a good reader? But it almost makes the readings better. It almost, cause I can really identify with a lot of the things that are happening when I'm reading. And I often feel like spirit is reading me and my client. So it's been really, really good in that aspect. And just the growth this past week has been wild, but just with that quick I don't know, just with like the spiritual growth, um, it feels like growing pains comes just a lot of it just, it comes with irritation. It comes with like not wanting to talk to people. It comes with like, please get out of my face. Please, please leave me alone. You know, and I got to keep it real with that. I got to keep it real. But again, transformative and a lot of healing is happening over here. But healing ain't cute as we all know, or we should know. It's not a cute process. So I'm going through it in that regard. Um, But, well, okay. Let me make this announcement now. <clears throat> a Little Juju podcast will no longer be a weekly show. It will be a bi-weekly show. So it will still, you know, come out regularly every other week on Wednesdays, same time. But it is not going to be a weekly show. It's too much. I knew that it was too much. But then my ancestors instructed me that I needed to make it a bi-weekly show. And I honestly think that this will make for a better show. It'll give me more time to rest, but also more time to be inspired by life, to gather more lessons. And, you know, it's just, it's a lot of labor. You know, putting on a podcast is a lot of labor. People always just see, with anything, you just see the outcome, but not all the work and planning and processing that goes before having to record and then all of the things that happen after recording like editing and so on and so forth and you know writing out episode descriptions and then getting your social media together it's a lot and so I know that y'all understand right (laughs) we understand juju so yes this it will be a bi-weekly show so there will not be a show next Wednesday but the Wednesday after that 
there will be a new episode. So it'll be a good time every other Wednesday to maybe go back and listen to some old episodes. There's all you're always gonna figure out some new information every time you listen. And I also think this is a good opportunity for me, for those who are on social media, um, specifically Instagram, which is like my main space. Like I can go live a little bit more, start answering questions. Like I think this will be a good opportunity for me to interact with folks in a different way Um, and just not so much focused on the podcast all the time because I work Monday through Friday and then I record my podcast on Sunday. So I really just get one day (laughs) of rest. And I deserve more than that. So thanks for understanding. All you need is a little juju. Um, you know, what I did want to talk about briefly, though, is this. Um, I noticed that usually when I open the podcast, I say something about liberation. And I'm not sure if I actually said it today in the intro because I got distracted and irritated. But um I normally start off saying, you know, this is a podcast about black ass spirituality, the ancestors and getting free or like liberation or something like that. And I wondered, do people know what I'm talking about when I say liberation? Do people know what I'm talking about when I say getting free? And I I feel like it was important for me to explain that. So for me, you know, as many people know, if you live in the States, which is where I live, the United States. Honestly, if you live in the world, because anti-blackness is global, but specifically talking about my my experience of anti-blackness in a westernized space, black people in this country and abroad have, God, really gotten the short end of the stick, to put it lightly. Black people in this country have... In so many ways, if we just look around us, not been able to have access to the things that they deserve to have access to, like healthcare, like safety, like good education, like food. I mean, just so many things. If you just look around, if you watch the news, if you pay attention to anything, you know that black folks have a very specific experience that often stems from a lot of trauma and specifically my ancestors stemming from trauma due to chattel slavery, due to Jim Crow, due to um, school to prison pipelines. I mean, there's just, if you pay attention, you know this, okay? So if you are a living being, you are aware of this complete like disenfranchisement of black bodies in this world. And so when I talk about freedom and liberation, I'm talking about an experience that is not that for black people. I'm talking about having an black people having an experience and being able to live a life where they do have access to foods that are healthy, where they do have access to, where we do have access to good education, where we do have access to, um, justice in the ways that we decide and not in the ways that, uh, police decide or governments decide that actually don't care about us, but care about making money off of our bodies. That's why they put us in prison. So I talk about being free from that. I see a better life for black people. I see a better life for my future children. I see a better life for the future generation. I see a better life for us right now. And so I think that we can reach this 
this world that is better and because we dream about it and, and so many people every day are working towards it. And the ways that I'm working towards making sure that black people are able to live better lives is through my spiritual practices, through spirituality, through learning from our elders and their mistakes and their wins, and also learning from our ancestors who, who fought for freedom in so many different ways and won and got so many, you know, different lessons from that. So, yeah, so that. And I also think that a way to get to liberation is through liberating ourselves first. I think that is the first step into sort of creating this world that we deserve. And in order to create the world that we deserve, we have to be the people and we have to be community members um, to each other. We have to take care of each other. We have to love on each other. We have to learn about each other. We have to learn about ourselves. So that means we have to get really clear about what our needs are. We have to get really clear about what our triggers are. We have to get really clear about our traumas and working through those. We have to get really clear about naming um, our gifts and figuring out what our gifts are and how we can, how do we contribute to a community and start contributing in those ways. We have to, we have to really get clear about ourselves. That is what I think the first step to liberation is. Even, even just working through the things that we like deserve. I mean, so many people, so many black people don't think that they deserve a better life. They think, well, this is just the way it is. So that's just the way it is. So that, that is some self-work that has to happen to get to the place where we think and are ready to work towards something else. And we're able to do the, the on the ground work, the spiritual work, the healing work that needs to happen. I think that healing ourselves is the first part of this liberation process. And so that's why I try to give tools. That's why I talk about building relationships with our ancestors so we can learn uh, through the mistakes and through the, the wins of our ancestors on how to get free, how to fight, how to plan, how to be smart, how to engage with spirit, how to call on the spirits that want to see us free. So then once we're really intentional about learning about ourselves, doing the healing work, then we can move on to, okay, so how do we create this thing? Does that make sense? Like, how do we, how do we create not even alternatives, but just some new shit to what the shit is we're experiencing now, which we know is bullshit in every sense of the word. It's bullshit. The way that we're experiencing life now is bullshit. It is not a way we're ruining the earth. We are not. Big corporations ruining the earth. Capitalism is rampant. People aren't getting paid what they deserve. People are going to jail just because jails make money off of people going to them. So people have to continue to go to jail so that jails make money. So it's a business. Like, that's not the type of world that we deserve to live live in. And I believe if we all would channel our spirit, channel our higher selves and channel our ancestors, that's not the only way by itself, but that I think is the the first way to sort of getting to a better place in life. I hope that makes sense. So for example, our ancestors, you know, even when they had slave revolts, when they were doing, ready to kick ass on the plantation, you know, the first place that you go is to the priest. The first person that you would go talk to would be a spiritual advisor to advise you so the ancestors and spirits can sanction whatever work that you're doing so that you are successful. And so I feel like we've just lost so much of that in our, our work towards a better life. And we just get so trapped. And so I always want to check in with our ancestors around this 
around this work so that we're not trapped. And again, I want to bring up the shadow work again. That's why it's so important to talk about and really dig deep into the traumas that we've experienced because it informs how we how we show up with each other. It informs what type of humans we are. And figuring out like, oh, I know I'm not too good with that. Oh, I know I can be emotionally abusive with that. I know we can da da da. You know, really unearthing that and healing that makes us better individuals, which contributes to making the world better. And we really can't change anything in the world, but we can change ourselves. So I always want to go inward first for any work I'm trying to do. So this podcast is about going inward and calling on the people who have done this before. So we're not making the same mistakes, calling on the people who have been in certain situations and learning about our past. So we know how to move forward in our future. And we know how to tell if we getting back to our past, like, sort of the phrase, how you going to know, what is the phrase? Um, like how you going to move towards the future if you don't know your past. But what I'm saying is that's true. And how you going to know your few, how you going to know if you don't know your past, how you going to know that somebody ain't, ain't trying to take you back to the past. <laughs> I feel like I'm not making sense. <laughs> But y'all know what I'm saying. Damn. So I I just felt like it was important for me to say that because I talk about freedom and liberation. That's why I do this work. I don't do this work for any other reason. I don't do this work to do little spells here and there. Like, I'm not that witch. I am that witch. I love a good working, you know, I love a good spell when needed. But I'm really, really trying to get free and I'm trying to free myself and I'm trying to free my people and I'm trying to heal, period. I'm trying to live in a better world period. I'm trying to live. I want my, my children to have and be in a better space than we are right now. That's why I do this work. That's it. And to help people walk in alignment with their destinies. That's why I do this work. That is my destiny. You know, so that's that on that. (laughs) And I hope that made sense. So let's get into how you can sustain this podcast and to help me doing this powerful, beautiful healing work. All you need is a little juju. Okay, so there are a few ways to help donate to a little juju podcast. As I started off this podcast, it is a lot of labor to do the show. Um, I recently conducted a few interviews because I have some really great interviews for you all in the future. And I had to like buy a software to be able to mix the interviews together. And then it still was messed up even after buying the software for the mix. So I have to now pay someone to like the podcast was, was out of sync. So like it was really big delays between me asking the question, the person answering. And then some moments were like talking over each other. It's just like too much. So this work adds up in, in a lot of ways and being a patron of this podcast is one of the first ways that I ask for people to help donate and to help sustain this work. Cause honestly, I, it, it's a lot and I, I don't have it all to pay for. Like literally I, I just ain't got it. So being a patron is the way to monetarily support a little juju podcast. I ask for $3 a month. Um, that can be more than $3 a month. I have a lot of patrons who donate more than $3 a month or less than $3 a month on patreon.com slash jujubay. 
And it's just a more consistent way to donate to the podcast and one way that I really, really appreciate. Um, so let me shout out my patrons for this week. So shout out to my patrons. I have Kolu Boti. Um, thank you for becoming a patron. Yolanda McGuire, Zinga West, V. Wilson upped uh, the pledge. So thank you, V. Uh, Shanique Fowling is also a patron. And... Uh, yeah, I think that is all the patrons for, yes, that is all the patrons for this week. I am so grateful, grateful, grateful for you all for sharing the energy of money with you. And I pray that the money that you donate to me monthly will come right on back to you tenfold. So I am sending all my good loving and all my good juju to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I love my patrons, y'all. Um, so that's the first way to donate. Second way to donate is through, uh, if you don't want to do a monthly contribution, you can always just do a one-time payment and shout out to everyone who hits me up on the cash app at dollar sign I-T-S-J-U-J-U-B-A-E, it's Jujubay, or on the PayPal, um, my email is thejujubay at gmail.com. So you can always hit me up there if you don't want to do a monthly donation setup, you can just kind of, if you got a little extra coin, you're like, I'm going to send this to Juju for the podcast. Always appreciate that. Or just, you know, to Juju. <laughs> Definitely always appreciate that. And again, the money goes to sustaining me being able to pay for this work, um, payment for my labor in regards to the podcast and just some of the, you know, just, just paying a black woman, paying a black woman for work. If you do not have the coin, don't want to share your coin, that's real. There are so many other ways to donate to the podcast, like telling people about it, like posting about it and tagging me, letting people know, oh, you should try this podcast. You should listen to this. Um, writing a review on Apple Podcasts is another way. I really, really appreciate when people take the time out to write reviews. That is very important because it lets people know what the podcast is about, what they can expect and just like, yeah, just calls more people in to start doing this work because we need all the people that we can. So if people are looking for Black Witchy Podcasts, they know that they can find me and they see all my great reviews, so they'll check it out. Also, rating on whatever platform you're using, even if it's not um, Apple Podcasts, but just subscribing to the show, um, rating on whatever platform, five stars, all of that really, really helps me. I also have a donation book list. You can buy me books for my studies. There's so many, so many different ways. And so I just want to shout out and say thank you to everyone who has donated to me in some kind of way. I'm talking monetarily and not even just through sending me love. I get so much love. So, so, so much love. And it really, really fuels me. Um, and, you know, I was talking about having imposter syndrome the other day. And, you know, in those moments, I really just have to get on Instagram and see the posts and see the DMs and... And y'all really speak so much power and life over me. And I don't take it lightly at all, at all, at all, at all. So I'm so grateful to each and every one of you who listens regularly, who who just helps sustain this work for me. Because y'all know it is not easy and it's irritating sometimes and it's stressful and it costs money. <laughs> Lord, it does, but this is this is part of my work. This is part of my calling, and so thank you all for helping me be able to do my work. Thank you for helping me be able to walk in my destiny. That is important, and that is powerful. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you. Oh, and of course, if you want to be a sponsor of the show, 
please hit me up at thejujubay at gmail.com. That information, all of this will be in the show notes around donations and everything that I'm talking about. So you'll be able to access that. But yeah, reach out. I have had a few people reach out saying that they were interested in potentially sponsoring a show. Um, We can talk about that. If you have like witchy products or something that you feel would be relevant to my audience, I have a lot of listeners. So it will be a good place to you know, push your products, push your stuff. Now, if I don't like your stuff, I ain't going to talk about it. <laughs> I, that, let's just say that if I don't connect with it, if I don't feel comfortable, if I don't, you know, I won't talk about it, but just email me and we can see, we can work it out. And like I said, I got a lot of listeners. So if you want to sponsor an episode, hit me up, thejujubay.gmail.com. All right, y'all, let's get into the show show. All you need is a little juju. So let's do our segment, Heal Yourself. And Heal Yourself is the segment where I talk a little bit about juju tips and tricks to heal ourselves, heal our lives, and to live better, happier lives. I feel like I said lives a lot. (laughs) Um, So today I talked about shadow work earlier. And so what I have noticed a lot in divination, a lot in divination, which I think is interesting that my ancestors are sending me you know, a certain kind of client and a certain type of person. Um, a lot of people with similar stories and circumstances and, and issues and, and things to work through. I find it interesting. A lot of us need to do our shadow work. And a lot of that looks like thinking through times where we were hurt and sad and bereaved and guilty or harmed and we need to be writing about it like intensely writing about those moments writing about how it made us feel and purging because so many of us i'm realizing including myself are holding trauma in our bodies that manifest into physical diseases and so one of the ways that we can purge that out of our bodies is a lot of ways but it's through writing about those those traumas in front of the altar too, specifically, writing, writing, writing about moments that we did not feel loved as loved as we could have. And you know, it doesn't always have to be some super traumatic thing. Everyone doesn't have super, super trauma, but some people have moments in their life that they remember that it hurt them. It hurt their feelings and they're still holding on to that or they internalize whatever message they learned from that moment that was not a good message. So if someone called you lazy, if someone said you weren't smart in school and you know, you're still holding on to that. So now you operate as an adult feeling like you're not smart in certain settings or feeling like you're not enough in certain settings. So it's really getting really deep into that and, and trying to unearth that and bring it up so that we're not holding it in our bodies so that it's not creating blockages for us in our lives around our relationships it's not blocking love and that it's not manifesting into disease so I want us to get into the practice of regular journaling um regular journal journaling period and then also specific times where we're in front of our altars and we're journaling about our trauma while asking our ancestors to help support us in that moment Asking our ancestors to rub our backs in that moment and give us all the ancestral love that they can so that we are best able to purge all of that stuff right on out. Okay, so the Heal Yourself today is journaling about the stuff and not burying it. So many of us are burying it and it does nothing. It does not make it go away. It does not help us process it. 
And the brain often thinks that trauma just happened, even if something happened 20 years ago. The brain will still hold it like it happened five minutes ago. And especially if you if you try to subvert it and you don't move it, you have to move these things out of your body. You have to move these things out of your brain. Obviously, it still happened, but there's a way that we can look at, back at things that happened to us, but not have it affect our futures, not have it affect our present in a way that's stifling or doesn't allow us to grow and heal. Okay, so write, 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 have a day. You do that and do that work until you feel necessary. Write as long as you need to in front of your altar, light your candle, say a little prayer before ancestors. I really just want to write about some things that are going on that have happened to me and to purge. And I ask that you come and support me in this moment and give me the advice that I need. And you can speak to me as I'm writing to help me. That advice has come up a lot in divination from people's ancestors. And so I felt like that means that it's important for me to share in this space too. Okay. Right, 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 y'all. Let's get free. Let's get free. Let's heal. Period. Let's do the shadow work. Let's do this shadow work. No more shadow work. And if you've seen, um, if you've seen us, we ain't got time for shadows. <laughs> we got time. We do not have time for shadow people. <laughs> Cause we we bury all that stuff and do all this stuff in the dark. But what's done in the dark gonna come to light. That's including our shadow selves. Okay. That's what I got from us. But anyway, heal yourself, heal yourself, heal yourself. All you need is a little juju. Oh, goodness. Okay, so originally for this portion of the podcast, I wanted to talk about the movie Us because I feel like Us had a lot of... It it felt witchy to me. It felt very witchy in regards to, like I was talking about a little bit, the shadow people and all that. And, you know, I just... I want to talk about Us, but I'm not. And then also I have have spoilers and people hate spoilers. Everybody might not have seen it yet, so that's fine. I feel like what I need to talk about right now is Nipsey Hussle. And I don't really even want to talk about that. I just want to address a few things that I think are important with with this story. And how we can learn about our ancestors through this process. So for those who don't know, Nipsey Hussle's a rapper... Um, Some folks would probably call him a community organizer, a financial, not a financial advisor, but really prioritized like financial um, excelling financially, specifically for black people, ownership for black people and black communities, um, literacy regarding finances for black people, did a lot of that particular work and wanting to create wealth in the black community. But he was, he was a rapper. I think most people probably know him as a rapper, but he had his hands in many different projects and so on and so forth. So yesterday, um, Nipsey Hussle was shot and killed outside of his clothing store in LA. And I actually think in front of his child or a child, um, but he was shot and killed there. Uh, which is a lot and I want to send a lot of power and I want to send love and light and and strength to his family to that baby that may have witnessed that um, to his own children 
um, to his fans, to I know a lot of people specifically in LA feel very affected by him because he was very much involved in the community, specifically in, in, in LA. Um, so just wanted to send all the power to him. Uh, may the ancestors welcome him in the ancestral realm fully and may he continue to elevate in the spiritual realm. Um, so I'm seeing a lot of conspiracy theories online about, you know, Nipsey Hussle was in the process of working on a documentary about Dr. Sebi. And for those who don't know, Dr. Sebi was, he has, he's, he was an elder, but he's passed on now. He's now an ancestor who did a lot of natural healing. Yeah. He was an herbalist, natural healer. Um, someone who apparently, um, folks are claiming that he had the cure for AIDS, but we know upon further research that that may or may not have been true. Um, and he was not, um, yeah, that, that may or may not have been true. He was taken to court or he went to courts. I guess it was like him versus the government and he was let off from court. He was not tried and didn't go to jail. Well, he was tried, but did not go to jail, was found not guilty because essentially he didn't have the cure for AIDS, but he was healing people in his own way. And essentially he couldn't be tried walking around saying that he had the cure for AIDS because he didn't, but he was making people feel better. And so because it wasn't licensed and because there was no like scientific uh, support that he did in fact cure uh, AIDS, then he was, he was let off. So uh, Nipsey Hussle is doing a documentary about Dr. Sebi. Um, Dr. Sebi was also has a lot of counts um, for rape, which is also documented knowledge that you can find upon researching specifically in New York. He had a few, um, victims, many of which have passed on, but one I believe is still alive. So complex, right? Nuance. Everything is nuanced. Um, Nipsey Hussle was a known crip. For those who don't know, crips are, is a gang. <laughs> That's just if you <laughs> are under a rock. <laughs> I don't know. You could be listening and not be hip to American gangs, but Crips is a popular gang. Um, not so much now, I feel like, but specifically in the 90s, early 2000s, Crips, Bloods, really big rivalry, specifically in the LA area. Nipsey Hussle um, was also a, um, so he was a, a Crip. He's also been tried as an accessory to murder. Um, but that's not strange or odd because, you know, when you are involved in gang life, death is sort of what you're tying yourself to. Violence is sort of what you're tying yourself to. Also, community is another thing that you're tying yourself to. Brotherhood or, or sisterhood or just kinship is something that you're tying yourself to. So it's not odd or strange to me that he would have been involved in some shit that other people had to die around because... Gang life is not fun or, you know, when you're doing that, you're usually committing to knowing that there, there will be death lurking in some kinds of ways. Okay. So 
I'm providing all of this context because it's interesting to me the ways that we respond when someone dies, specifically a celebrity. Some of the responses that I've seen around Nipsey Hussle's death include, this was a conspiracy, like this was a conspiracy by the government, like the government killed Nipsey Hussle because he was going to do this documentary about Dr. Sebi. And so they can't, we can't know about that. We can't, you know, the world at large can't know about Dr. Sebi being able to cure AIDS, can't have this really important information about black people. So he was killed by the government. Other people are saying, you know, he was killed by a gang beggar because he was in a gang and that's what happens. Um, so probably some sort of rival. I'm seeing people say that blaming black people for his death. People are saying, you know, we always got to kill each other and we don't care about each other. And this man was trying to better his community and we never want to see anybody in our community excel, blah, blah, blah. That's why he died. And I just feel like there's such a lack of nuance. There's such a lack of nuance when we're discussing this person. First of all, people die every day. And even though people die every day, it is sad when people die. So people have a right to feel upset about this. If people feel impacted or were impacted by Nipsey Hussle's work or his music, they have every right to feel how they feel. People feel how they feel. I was not a fan of his. I didn't know much of his music. But, I mean, I did know who he was. And when I found out about it, I was like, oh, my God, that's so sad. And specifically thinking about Lauren London, his longtime girlfriend and his children. <sighs> my point here is not to debate if the government killed him or it was just the result of, you know, being in a gang. That's sort of what happens. My job here is not to talk about his impact on people or lack of impact if you ask other people, I'm not interested in doing any of that. But what I am interested in doing is talking about nuance and talking about how multiple things can exist at one time. Um, people have been also showing his, uh, he had made a post on Instagram. I remember when this came out cause it was like a little bit of buzz around it in the LGBTQ community because he basically had a picture of a bunch of black men and black boys. And he said like, oh, the media will never show you this kind of picture. Like they were all in suits or something like that. The media will never show you this kind of picture. There's no, no gangs, no blah, 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 no homosexuals, like all black Kings. And so obviously people had issues with that. Like, oh, so quote unquote homosexuals can't be black kings or there's something wrong with black men being gay or queer or, or what have you. So people have a right to feel how they feel about that. It's like all of these things can exist at one time and we have to really get out of this whole, he was a saint, he was a great person and he died because the government killed him. And then we also have to get out of, he wasn't shit, he ain't do shit for black people, he didn't blah, 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 blah. He actually wasn't accessible. Like maybe all of those things are just true. Cause maybe, <laughs> maybe that's just all true. Why I think it's so important for us to really ground ourselves in nuances because our ancestors before white supremacy, before colonization, most, there will be multiple truths. There wasn't just black and white. There wasn't just up, down, left, right. There wasn't just man, woman,
this or that. There was nuance. All of these things can be true at the same exact time. That's the first thing. The second thing that I find interesting is the ways that we deify celebrities when they die. So the ways that we sort of make them to be these like perfect people when they had faults, they did things that were fucked up. They did things that didn't help the community because one could argue, like I said before, he was charged being an accessory to murder. So another, the same way that we're talking about Nipsey took away, someone took away his life. He's a a son and a father. He very well could have taken away lives of other sons and other fathers. So we don't have to like deify him and make him into this like perfect saint or this perfect person that did so much good things for the community. When in a lot of ways, engaging in a violent group that has beef with other people and is known to kill and slaughter other people, is that doing something for the community? Like one would say (laughs) no, but did he also create access to different, um, ways of understanding financial financial literacy for black folk and apparently made that accessible for black folk i don't i don't know that but people are saying it is so that's true too so we don't have to turn people into something that they weren't we can just accept people for who they were and uplift people for who they were in all that they were in all that they brought to us it concerns me when we do this, because people die every single day in our own communities, people that we know, people in our families, people around the corner for us. But yet when a celebrity dies, it's almost like, then we start to get into this anti-black rhetoric around, this is what we do. Black people always killing each other. Y'all gonna kill a man that was doing good stuff in his community. Y'all gonna do this, y'all gonna do... And I'm just like, whoa, whoa, where did the y'all come from? Where did the... Where did all of this come from? So now we're uplifting an individual, Nipsey Hussle, who we're saying did a lot of wonderful, positive things for the black community because he loved black people, apparently. And yet we blame the same people that he stood for. We're blaming black people for his death. We're saying this is what we do. Crabs in a barrel. I'm so sick of us. White people don't do this. Black on black crime, which we know is not real. Black on black crime is not real, y'all. That's anti-blackness. Because if black on black crime was real, then that would mean white on white crime is real. Latinx on Latinos crime is real. Asian on Asian crime is real. And though we don't have terms and phrases for that. People kill other people that they live in proximity to. Who most people live in proximity to are people who share the same race as them. Therefore, black on black crime is just crime. It's just, it's death. It's not anything separate from any other type of death that happens in any other kind of community. So I think it's just so interesting how we we deify celebrities when they die. We make them into these saints and then we spew anti-blackness around the reasons why this person died. Or we blame the government. (laughs) It's just so weird. It's just like we know that the government takes out black people all the time. And we know that black people take out black people all the time. 
This may or may not have been the government taking out a person. Dr. Sebi's information is known. It can be researched. Um, and he is, he is gone now. Nipsey Hussle being the person who put out the information around Dr. Sebi is not much of a threat to Big Pharmacy because Big Pharmacy has already taken... That documentary would not stop people from going to the doctor and getting their drugs. It would not stop people from the doctors from prescribing all these medications that they're pumping into us and into our children, whether we need the medicines, some that are helpful and some are not and some that make us worse. That documentary from Nipsey Hussle would not have shut down Big Farm. And we have to be honest about that. And like, that's okay. We can be honest ab about that process. Like, th that's okay. We can be honest about the fact that when you are a gangbanger and you've probably killed people that you know that revenge is going to happen and people are going to come back and try to kill you at some point. We don't know why he died. I'm not speculating, but I'm saying we can be honest about that. We don't have to make people into something that they weren't. We can just allow them to be and accept people for their complexities in every aspect. And we don't have to blame other black people for black death. We don't have to point the fingers at other black people saying, well, he died because y'all don't know how to, and y'all don't want to see a black man win and y'all don't want to. It's like, wait, 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 what? Did he want to see, did Nipsey Hussle want to see a black man win when he was also, has been an accessory to murder and contributed to this black death that we're talking about, this quote unquote black on black crime? Let's be honest. I bring this up because often people come to me about their ancestors and they're like, all my ancestors were not good people and I don't want to mess with them. I don't want to put them on my altar. I don't want to do X, Y, Z because they were abusive. They were murderers. They was killers. They used to abuse other family members. And that's valid as hell. Our ancestors were not perfect people. Our ancestors were complex, just like Nipsey. Our ancestors were selling drugs in their communities, selling drugs to people's mamas, killing people, molesting people, raping people, stealing from people, their own people, harming people, anti-black homophobic, transphobic, disrespectful, not thoughtful, misogynists, patriarchal, all of it. Our ancestors, the people that I talk about on this podcast every week about venerating, around loving, around healing, they also did those things. And I don't look at my ancestors. I don't try to make our ancestors God. Our ancestors are not God. They were human, nuanced, complex people, just like Nipsey, who deserve and need to be critiqued, who we need to say we need to learn from their mistakes. That wasn't cool when they did that. That was bullshit when they did that. Why the hell would they do that? All of those things are true. And at the same time, I can also say our ancestors paved the way for us. Our ancestors made mistakes for us that we don't have to make anymore if we learn from them and talk to them. Our ancestors were also deeply traumatized. And when you're deeply traumatized, you move from a place of trauma. You do things that are fucked up. Okay. 
Our ancestors were feds. Our ancestors were snitches. Our ancestors were all, look, we got to call a spade a spade. They were all of those things. And because they were all of those things, we have to make a decision individually. Each person has to make a, a decision on how they want to venerate that. Are you going to be intentional about healing your your lineage and your ancestors? Me, for example, I honor all of my ancestors. All of my ancestors. I don't even say I'm calling on my benevolent ancestors right now, which some people say that you should always say because you don't want the ancestors who wasn't shit or rude in your space. You don't want that. I want all my ancestors because I can learn from all of my ancestors because I want to hold duality in all of my ancestors. I want to know why this ancestor was so abusive. I want to, I I want that ancestor to tell me, I want to see, I want to know if my ancestors are willing to atone for the behavior that they had on this realm. A lot of our ancestors who did fucked up ass shit when they were, when they were here, when they die, they recognize and are able to look back at the life that they lived. And they're like, damn, I ain't see it then, but I see it now. I was not showing up in the ways that I needed to show up for my family, my friends, my community. I didn't do that. And so often those be the ones, those ancestors be the ones willing to work their ass off for us for you. They be the ones. So I don't shut out this, but this is my personal choice. I don't shut out any of my ancestors because I know that I can learn from all of them. And I know that they all deserve healing from me. This is again, this is my personal view on it for myself. My personal view on it in general is you do what you want to do. You don't have to uplift any abuser. You don't have to uplift anyone who harmed you. You don't have to venerate anybody who you saw hitting your mama. You don't have to venerate anyone who called you out your name. You don't have to venerate anyone who was deeply traumatizing you. That's your choice. But we hold our ancestors in nuance. We hold Nipsey in nuance. All of these things can be true at the same time. You can do something really great for the black community and also be fucking up with the black community at the same damn time. And we don't have to pick one and run with that and and leave it at that. People are complex. So no, all of our ancestors were not good people. What is good anyway? What do we define as good people? People keep saying Nipsey was good. What is good? Is good killing another man, another black man? Is that good? I don't know. I'm not here to decide what it is. I'm, but I'm asking us these questions because I'm so tired of us ha- existing in this binary way of thinking, which is not of our people. This podcast and me and my my. A lot, a big part of my growth is to getting out of this like westernized, colonized viewpoint and thinking that everything is just this or that and that it can't be this and that. We really don't have to use the word but often. We can just always use and because it's normally all true. It's, it's all true. And just people bashing bashing each other like this nipsey it's just like creating this weird like dynamic within the black community and it's 
I find it, I just find it fascinating. Like, what is that? What are we projecting into Nipsey Hussle about ourselves? What do we project into our ancestors about ourselves? Because now Nipsey Hussle is an ancestor. Let's just remember that our ancestors were not perfect. And that's why if they were perfect, we wouldn't have to do all this damn healing work that we have to do. (laughs) Because that's the main thing that they want us to do. They want us to really truly engage in this healing work and the healing of our lineages. I'm talking healing ourselves, heal seven generations behind and seven generations forward. So again, for the people who are always asking me, I don't want to, my uncle was abusive. I don't want to put him on the altar. Don't put him on the altar then. At no point in our lives do we have to uplift an abuser. Doesn't end, one individual have to uplift an abuser. But I want to say that, again, this, this work, this ancestral work is work that our families have to hold. This is not work that just one person is supposed to do. And thanks to Abrahamic tradition, largely Christianity, so many of us are afraid to tell our families. So many of us are afraid to come out of the broom closet and say that, yeah, we have an altar. This is why, this is the work that I'm trying to do. I'm trying to heal our lineage. I'm trying to break generational curses. Our families will be like, what the hell that you are doing witchcraft? No, this is devil stuff. So we have to commit to bringing our families in on, this is not just solo work. This is some deep, deep, deep healing that has to happen. So if an uncle abused you and you don't want him on the altar, the only way to heal your lineage, somebody who he didn't abuse needs to have that nigga on the altar and help him doing that healing work so that that generational curse is flipped off. So you ain't got to put him up there ever. But when we're talking about doing this work, this is a communal work. This is a familial work. Somebody going to have him on the altar because he's part of your family. He contributes to the energy of your family. And so there has to be intentional work around dealing with that energy in your family. So we really have to get on board, even including our, when people talk about their children and not wanting to have an altar around their children because they don't want them touching stuff. I'm just like, let them touch stuff. The babies need to know about this work the same way that my mama was taking me to church when I was a baby and getting me baptized before I could speak. We need to be teaching our babies this, this particular work. We need to be teaching our babies about the ancestors. We need to be telling them stories about their elders and revering their elders. We have to, this is a, this is a communal work. This is a family work. And this is a complex, a complex word. Very complex. Very complex. Black, fa- all families, shit, are complex as hell. So I just really want us to, to think about how we are responding when our people die. Who we blame when our people die. And where does that blame come from when our people die? And who gets to be revered and who doesn't? Which bodies hold more value in our communities? Who do we uplift when they die and who do we not care about? Who do we turn our backs to? 
Who gets to be the savior and who gets to be the quote unquote sinner? Who gets to be innocent and who doesn't? These are questions that we have to ask ourselves because I love black people. I love all black people. I love black celebrities. I love my black ass neighbors. I love the black people walking up the street. I love the black people in school. I love the black people who went to college. I love the black people who ain't even think about college. I love all black people. So my heart hurts the same way when all black people die. Black sex workers when they die, that holds the same weight as when a black celebrity dies. It really, really does. And we don't have to create any sort of or try to explain away black death. Black death is black death. And we let we let people grieve how they need to grieve. We let people grieve how they need to grieve. And we let people be angry how they need to be angry. We let people have no indifference or be indifferent. We let people have that too. Because there's a range of ways to respond when a person dies because people are complex. And just because one person may have had an interaction with an ancestor that was positive, there can be two other, 10 other people who had an interaction with that ancestor that was not positive. And so all of the ways that we choose to grieve is okay. And we don't need to downplay or downgrade people's grief. But what I do want us to pay attention to is the ways that we, we uplift celebrity in this very specific way. But what about our own people who we are in community with? Because we are not in community with a celebrity unless you're listening and you are a celebrity. <laughs> hey, if you're listening, you're a celebrity. Maybe you are in community with other celebrities. I'm talking about us regular ass people. We're not in community with them. So if we're going to start pointing the finger at, well, black people always want to do this and that, and y'all don't never want to see nobody win, and that's why we kill each other. So what are we doing? What are we contributing? How are we healing? If that is the case, if that's true. If that's true, what, what are we doing then? Then how are we going to continue on this legacy then of Nipsey Hussle? In regards to his empowerment of black people. We have to stop letting people die in vain. And instead of deifying them, which means making them into this God, we can just actually learn from them. We can learn from their mistakes. We can learn from the things that they did well. And we can continue on the things that they went well. And let the things go that weren't too well. Let the things go that actually weren't in alignment with, quote unquote, bettering or empowering the black community. We can be honest. We can be honest. We can be honest about where violence comes from. Why are people killing each other? You think that people are killing each other just because we don't want to see other black people don't want to see another black person doing well? Is that honest? Or can we be honest about the fact that gangs kill each other for revenge, for land, for beef, for whatever? We can be honest about that. This could have been a retaliation for someone that he killed. We can be honest about that. It's okay to say. It's not bad. We have to get out of this binary thinking and we have to get out of deifying our ancestors. Again, our ancestors are not God. 
our ancestors were created by, if you want to say, quote unquote, God, quote unquote, the universe, quote unquote, the all knowing, ever present, whatever you want to call this energy that we all stem from, this power, this divine source, source. Olo Dumare, if we want to be honest about that, we can be. But our ancestors were not God. We are interacting with very spirits that did a whole bunch of shit. And that's the beauty of it. They have the ability to make up for their actions. They have the ability to atone through us. They have the ability to help us, even though they might not have helped us in the ways that they could in the physical realm. They might not have had the knowledge, the access, the enlightenment, enlightenment to be able to do that work for us. But now that they can, because they did. That's why this altar work is so important. Because we got we to gotta engage with this stuff. We got to work through some of this stuff. We got to get the healing some kind of way. We got to talk to our people. We got to talk to our lineages. We have to sit with them regularly and process some of this stuff. Ask them for their help and guidance around dealing with this consistent anti-blackness going on around us. Dealing with the the bodies that keep dropping in our communities. Dealing with these spirits of so many black people, especially um, black men in areas where there's a lot of violence, like in Baltimore. Oh my God, there's just so many spirits of just dead black people just walking around. Half of them don't even know they're dead. Half of them don't even know that they're dead. I feel it every time I go home to Baltimore. It's not a game. Like we have to be really, those of us who are these spirit workers, we got to be out in these streets. We got to be pouring libation at the street corners so that these spirits can move on to the next realm and teach us. So many irritated Animated spirits walking around don't know they dead. Still wreaking havoc. Still. Because they irritated. Don't know what's going on. Still causing a whole ruckus. Don't know what's going on. Lost. Spirits lost. Haven't even walked into the light. Don't even know how to hold that. Don't even know how to process that. We have to be talking to our people about this. We need to be having the vigils. We need to be pouring libation. We need to put the candles out. We need to be talking to our folks. We need to be talking about violence. We need to be talking about where this violence comes from. Everyone's talking about Dr. Sebi being a medicinal healer and having the cure for AIDS. Whether he did or he didn't, we can figure out cures too. The medicine is here. The medicine is of this land. Our ancestors told us. They've given us recipes. They've given us tinctures that we can use. They've given us salves that we can use. We need to study the plants. It's so many Dr. Sebi's out here. It's so many conjuring witches. It's so many um, herbalists out here holding this work. Especially black women. Who have been holding this herbalism work for centuries? Since the beginning of time? 
Hmm. Like it's about the healing. It's about our intentional healing. And so I feel like I'm going off and preaching, being preachy. I'm not trying to be, I just, I guess so, I get so stressed out when we, when we just fall into this pointed fingers, crabs in a barrel conversation. And it's like, can we talk about the barrel? Can we talk about why we're in a barrel? Can we talk about that instead of just pointing fingers at other crabs? <laughs> of course, if I'm in a barrel, I'm going to want to stand on top of people so I can get out. That's natural. <laughs> that is natural. That is a natural response to being in a place that you're not supposed to be in. I'm just so shocked. I'm just so shocked and perturbed, like deeply perturbed by all of it. Let's hold our people alive. Let's hold them in their complexity. Let's hold them in their nuance. If we care about black death, let's care about it beyond celebrity death, beyond celebrity. Putting certain people on pedestals and not the people that you live next to. We have to stop that. That's not, that's colonization thinking. We come from a people who care about all people who care about our community, not just the people that are on TV, not just the people that are famous. That's a result of capitalist-ass-like thinking and elitism and all that BS. That ain't, that ain't what we're trying to do. Let's just hold, let's just be honest. Let's just be honest, okay? You know, I feel like that's a show today. I have a lot on my mind, a lot on my spirit, y'all. I have so much going on. (laughs) I have so much. For those who pray, I would love for you to pray for me right now. I would love for you to pray for me right now. Um, I know sometimes people will say that they appreciate when I talk about things going on in my life or things I'm struggling with because to know that even though I'm quote unquote spiritually attuned and I have a connection with my ancestors and all that, that I still be going through stuff. Please know I be going through terrible shit. Struggling y'all internally, physically, mentally, spiritually. And I'm just feeling that right now. So any good juju, any love that y'all can send, healing energy for my spirit and my body, I would deeply appreciate that. And also, I think a big reason why this podcast needs to be bi-weekly, because I don't, I, I just, I don't have it in me right now. Um, but again, I'm leaning on my ancestors, my complex ass ancestors. And I'm staying grounded in that. And grounded in their truth so that I'm doing the work that I need to do for myself. And yeah, not not continuing to exist in lowness, which I've been doing, you know, existing in lowness. I'm trying to move from my higher from a place of my higher self, with the direction of my higher self and the direction of my ancestors. So yes, I think um going to close the show out today and I'll see you all in, oh my God, not next week, but in 
two weeks, our bi-weekly show. So um, I do have a little announcement. So the next few episodes are going to all be conversations with people who are in the Orisha tradition. I had a conversation with my Baba, who is a Baba Lao, a high priest. I had a conversation with a, a priest of Oshun, um, actually a few priests of Oshun, and that wasn't on purpose. It just kind of happened like that. Of course, I'm a child of Oshun. I just found these Oshun priests and having conversations with them. So we're going to have a little bit of like, you know, I'm not going to say it's like all about the Orishas and Ifa, but we are going to start talking about it a bit more and, still, and um, talking about eventually my own journey through Ifa because I know a lot of people are interested in the, in the Orishas. So we are going to have some stuff within the next few weeks, sort of just kind of touching on Ifa, touching on um, who the Orishas are, what they do, and what it's like to be a priest, the work of a priest, and how we can empower ourselves how they empower the communities and 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 again also feel empowered through our spirits feel empowered through the orisha and through um, our ancestors always so stay tuned for that Um, again if you want to reach out to me i'm on social media instagram at it's jujubay i-t-s-j-u-j-u-b-a-e i'm on facebook as jujubay I'm on Twitter. I'm not the best tweeter, <laughs> but I am on Twitter at It's Juju Bay as well. Um, you can always send me an email at thejujubay at gmail.com. You can always book a session with me at itsjujubay.com. Uh, 30 minute to an hour sessions. It can be about your ancestral reverence. It can be about your life. It can be about anything, but just hit me up on there to do a consultation. And... Yeah, I think that's it. I speak nothing but blessings over you all, peace over you all, goodness, abundance, if you want the same for me. And I speak unlearning and decolonizing our ways of thinking and that they're not ground, may they not be ever grounded in white supremacy or colonization, but be grounded in, in what our ancestors taught us and what they learned. May it be grounded in the power of our highest selves. And may it be grounded in complexity and nuance. Peace, y'all. And remember, all you need is a little juju. Later.